HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Tabard Inn, new American cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. Today's program has been brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. For more information, visit www.rt11.com. My name is Hannah Forden. I'm the membership coordinator at Heritage Radio Network, but even before I joined the team, I loved listening to HRN during my subway commute. It made the time go quickly and left me feeling inspired for the day ahead. HRN listeners tune in from all over the world, but there are a few traits that we all have in common, no matter where we listen from. A curious palate, the fierceness to make a difference, and a hunger for lifelong learning about the culinary world. As you know, Heritage Radio Network is a listener-supported nonprofit. To deliver the most ambitious, entertaining, and of-the-moment stories in 2018, we need your help. We need to raise $150,000 by December 31st to accomplish these goals and to keep your favorite shows on the air. Together, we can make this HRN's most exciting, impactful, and delicious year yet. Become a member by donating today. Join us at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate, and you'll immediately start enjoying benefits such as VIP invitations to HRN events, where you will mix and mingle with your favorite hosts. Memberships also make a perfect holiday gift for all the foodies in your life. This year, why not give the gift of food radio? You'll hear your generosity in action for the year to come. Help keep our lights on and our mics hot by pledging your support today at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for listening. Hello, welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We are coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It's Wednesday, November 29th, 2017. This is the 161st episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is the beverage director at an exciting new Nordic food concept in New York City, and I will introduce him fully in a moment. First, as I do in every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game. For industry news, I have a special coverage from Tech Table Summit, which I attended uh, a little bit back, not too long ago. So stay tuned for that. And I will also, at the end of the show, have my solo dining experience and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. Today's tip is to be consistent. Ask any chef what's important about running a restaurant kitchen, they'll pro- and they'll most likely say consistency. Delivering the same awesome product time and time again is key to long-term success. Yes, this is where repetition pays off. Offering a steady service that people can rely on is everything. So step and repeat as it makes you dependable. That's my tip today. 
Now, I'm very happy to have my guest here with me in the studio. It is Jonas Anderson. He is the beverage director of Myers USA, a hospitality group founded by Danish culinary entrepreneur Klaus Meyer. Myers USA includes the Great Northern Food Hall at Grand Central Terminal. Jonas hails from Copenhagen and has lived and worked across the globe from Bolivia to Sydney, Australia. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Ah, I'm, I'm happy to have you here and hear about your background to start because, no, I've been to Sydney, Australia, but I've never been to Bolivia. So um, Two very different places. Yeah. Well. And you grew up in Copenhagen. Grew up in Copenhagen, um, went to a public school out in the suburbs of Copenhagen, um, and then moved to Australia after high school, so that has been well, a few years ago. Um, what prompted you to move to Australia? Was it for school? Um, a change and a new place to work. I think hospitality scene is very, very different from country to country. Um, I was trying to move over to London for a while and do bar work there. Um, but I spoke to a friend about Australia and, and moving to Sydney and, and how big the hospitality scene is in Sydney. And I thought I'll try that out. And it was probably as far as away as you can from can get from Copenhagen. That was not the point of it. But yeah, I definitely wanted to, to try something different. And then all of a sudden it was two years in Sydney or two years in Australia. Yeah, I, I visited about well, coming up on five years ago and I loved it. I mean, I, I found I could sense the the food culture and and also in as they say, Melbourne, I say Melbourne, but is that a Melbourne, big Melbourne? Yeah, <laughs> Melbourne, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I I I wish I had had more time there. So um, so after two years, where did you go? Um, I went back to, I did a few hoppings around Australia, um, mostly in Sydney. I also did six months in a vineyard in Western Australia, in Market River, um, which is probably the the most different work experience I had within my my years in hospitality. Um, working in a vineyard is, is beautiful, and most of the time it's rainy and cold, and the rest of the time it's uh, beautiful and this vineyards and lakes and cankers jumping around. Um, so I did that for six months and then back to Sydney. Um, I was initially going back to Copenhagen just for a couple of months and then moved back to Sydney permanently. But I worked for a few months in a really good restaurant in Copenhagen called Geist, um, a Danish chef uh, by the name Bobek. And one day at lineup, I we had our um, CDC was out um, talking about menu changes, and then announced that she was uh, leaving Geist and moving to Bolivia to open up a restaurant for Klaus Meyer uh, in La Paz, in three and a half thousand meters altitude. And uh, um, I thought that was that was odd. I would say <laughs> a bit of a career change, but. Um, I couldn't get the idea out of my head after after hearing what you talked about in briefing, and I think a couple of days after, I I ended up to ask like, what so what's what's the deal down there? What what is Klaus Meyer doing in in La Paz? And uh, and I fell in love with the project and kept bothering Camila, the CEO of the head chef, and uh, and I bothered Klaus for a few months after, and I think two months later, I was on a plane to La Paz, Bolivia. Wow, well. Uh, just a, a teaser for people to to stay tuned because my solo dining experience this week is at Geist. Oh. Because I was in Copenhagen on a solo trip about six weeks ago, I don't know, two months ago, and um, I didn't talk about going there yet. And so I, I saw that on your bio. I said, how fitting. I'm going to talk about my experience there. Um, so, But I've never been to Bolivia, so that was a huge... A huge like change and and opportunity. Yeah, huge huge culture change from both Copenhagen and uh, and Sydney. And opening a restaurant on a mountain in Bolivia is completely different from doing it in Copenhagen. At least mm-hmm. um, we obviously, as with many other restaurants projects, we were delayed by a good six months from opening. The initial idea was actually a a culinary school for for marginalized young Bolivians. Um, we hooked up with a Danish NGO called Ibis, um, and they were already established in in Bolivia, 
doing different educational programs. And um, so Klaus, uh, Klaus Meyer hooked up with, with Ibis and they decided to do a, a culinary school in, in La Paz. Um, and pretty quickly that grew into the idea of opening up a restaurant. And uh, we had looked at a few different locations for La Paz and ended up opening in, in Sunasur, uh, which is the, the southern part of, of uh, La Paz. And um, fast forwarding a year and a half, we entered uh, San Pellegrino's 50 Best for Latin America. Um, the projects in Bolivia grew to opening up a different school concept uh, called Manga, which is um, not a culinary school, but, uh, but focused on nutritional home cooking. Um, so for the first year, we only had 25 students. Um, the second year, we took in another 40 students, I believe. Um, but now with the expansion of the manga schools, we're looking at uh, several hundred students per year um, going through a cooking class after school um, with focus on nutritional and healthy and interesting food. Um, so yeah, it was a, I think Bolivia surprised even ourselves with with, with how much it, it grew into um, just from from a simple culinary school to a restaurant and 14 other schools across uh, Bolivia. Wow. And what was or has been your role um, when you were there? Just um, everything? <laughs> a bit of everything. <laughs> um, I think even over here, my um, my weekly tasks have changed a bit. Um, but in Bolivia, I did the front of house. So we had, uh, I had 14 students in front of house um, in the second year. Um, so they were going through classes in wine, beer, cocktail service. Um, it was not a, it was not only focused on culinary. So it was a, a food entrepreneur school. Um, so we did classes in accounting and business administration. Um, so it was it was super interesting to see these twenty five students we had in first year going through so many different small classroom settings, and then it was a apprentice program. So they worked in the restaurant worked in the kitchen on service and they cycled between six months in front of house and six months in back of house and now I met up with uh, Camilla a couple months ago um, and we did a tally of what the different students were doing from year one um, and I think we had a point of half of them have opened up their own restaurants or are in management in other restaurants in La Paz and a couple of them have gone to Peru and uh, two of them went to Denmark to work for three months and uh, yeah, they're doing they're doing very very well for themselves. Um, That's awesome. Mm. So I think most people that listen to my show would or do know who Klaus Meyer is, but for those who who perhaps don't, or maybe it would also I'm interested in also hearing it from your perspective. I mean, he's known as the creator of the New Nordic Movement and the co-founder of Noma in Copenhagen. But like, tell us a little about Klaus. I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, he's he's a food entrepreneur. Um, he's a great uh, he's a great cook as well. We don't. Uh, I saw he was actually cooking at our restaurant Norman yesterday. We did a. Um, I've been to Norman. You've been to Norman. I've been to Norman. He did a uh, Klaus Meyer pop up with uh, with Andrew at Norman yesterday. Um, I was there for the dinner. It was very very good. But uh, Klaus is a food entrepreneur and. And he, I've never met anyone who's uh, throwing so many ideas around all the time. And I think that's what's interesting about both Myers in Denmark and Myers. And you say that it's not, um, it's not just a food hall, but it's, um, it's all these small satellite companies. Of um, we have our own island in Denmark called Lille, which translates to small island. Um, so a tiny, tiny island in Denmark where we have apple orchards and. Uh, geese and uh, we grow our own grains and and these kind of things that um, allows us to have our own products in our delis and, and restaurants. Um, we have a vineyard in Denmark as well. Um, we make beer, we do collaboration beers with uh, with McKellar and uh, um So there's a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of small small businesses around. Um, they started roasting coffee in 96 and we have a organic tea brand as well. Um, and for for every single expansion we do, there's always a um, there's always a social developing concept or component to that. Um, so we have a fund in Denmark called Melting Pot, um, 
and then again melting pot USA and melting pot Bolivia, and the fund is doing uh, the foundation is doing all the the small social development projects we're doing. Um, I think the most famous one in Denmark we did was the prison programs. Um, so Klaus set up a cooking school inside one of the biggest prisons in in Denmark and. Uh, and did cooking classes and uh, job placement for uh, for prison inmates. Um, wow. And, yeah, I think that's one of our most interesting programs at home. Um, over here we have uh, Brownsville Culinary um, Community Center out in Brownsville, Brooklyn, um, also by Melting Pot Bolivia, or Melting Pot USA. Um, and then, obviously, in Bolivia, it's, uh, it's a different Gusto food schools and the Manca food schools. So I think Klaus is... Um, um, he's a food entrepreneur that that always keeps um, the, the the social development in mind when we when we're doing new uh, new expansions. Um, and for me, that's one of the reasons that I enjoy working for him. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of stuff going around all the time, but uh, yeah, keeps keeps every day different and um, great projects. I mean, it's definitely. an understatement. Okay, so we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk a little more about Myers USA and and what brought you and Klaus here to New York City. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. following program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential small hotel, is located on a quiet tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. Welcome back to Own the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Jonas Anderson. He's the beverage director at Myers USA which includes the Great Northern Food Hall here in New York City. So let's let's segue into that and talk about opening in New York. When was that? Uh, it was a few years ago, right? Um, we opened up 18 months ago in Grand Central. Okay. Um, Egan opened up in April, I believe, and then the food hall came a couple months after that. Um, it was... I'll say I was surprised that we were not more than a couple months delayed in opening, um, building in a... In a landmark building like Grand Central <laughs> was, a, yeah, yeah. was a challenge. And, I can uh, imagine. The entire food hall is uh, is inside the Vanderbilt Hall, so we, we couldn't drill anything into the floor, the, the walls. So it was um, it was a bit of a fun design getting that many different food pavilions up um, and sitting separately. So, yeah, June, uh, June 18 months ago, um, we opened up and we serving... Just around three and a half thousand people every day. Um, we have wow. a few different, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's a fair amount of people going through. Yeah. But I mean, we're in a place where we're we pretty good food traffic, um, and we have our bakery up in the front, uh, Myers Bakery, which you might have seen in Copenhagen as well. There, like I, I did actually. I was walking. It's on the there is a, there's more than one in Copenhagen, or I think we have uh, six or seven in Copenhagen. Maybe I um, was on the street that my friend. Uh, Anne McBride told me it was her favorite street, actually, um, where uh, uh, Relay uh, yeah. is. Yeah, yes, Bogil. Yes. Yeah, she used to live down there. And I passed by. It was after hours. It wasn't open, but I took a I took a picture out front anyway because I was like, ooh, 
Hi, hi Myers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we have a, a Myers bakery up in the front of the food hall next to Brownsville Roasters, which is our coffee pavilion. So same as back home in Denmark where we roast our own coffee. Um we are roasting our own coffee over here as well, um out in Brooklyn. And uh Brownsville Roasters is definitely the the busiest uh pavilion in the food hall. I've um, stopped there on the way of to catching a train. Great. Yeah, I think that's what everyone does, right? It's, uh, <laughs> it's becoming a popular place. Um, yeah. Then next to that, we have Grain Bar, which is our porridge concept. Um, I think the porridge bars in Copenhagen have been popping up everywhere over the last few years, and uh, and we decided to do one over here as well. Um, we wanted to expand it a bit with not only having a, a porridge concept, so we made it into... Everything with grains, so now it's a porridge and beer and whiskey bar as well. I'll have to check that out. It's a it's a good little spot with seven yeah. seats. Um, besides from that, we have Open Rye, our open face sandwiches, which is probably the most uh, iconic Danish lunch you can see. These rye bread open face sandwiches. Um, smorgasbord. 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 Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. I saw that um, when I was away. Yeah. They're very neat and. Um, we are sending out, I think, six hundred pieces per day right now. So it's um, they're they're popular. I was I have to admit I was I was skeptical in the beginning of them because it is very traditional Danish and um, it's the kind of thing I would if I was taking my mom out for lunch then I would take her for Smallville in Copenhagen. Um, but um, yeah, they proved to be pretty popular and uh, and very Instagram friendly, I guess. So, yeah, um, I could mm. see that. And you also have the, the Danish dogs, right? And we have Danish dogs on the other side, so that's actually at the subway shuttle oh, right. uh, when you come down from Vanderbilt in 42nd. Um, so Danish, uh, Danish-inspired hot dogs next to our deli, which is a small retail space, um, also serving egg sandwiches and coffee and, uh, and grab-and-go food. Um, and then the far back of the restaurant, we have uh, our salad bar, and then next to that, our full-service restaurant. So we do have both a a quick service component to the food hall and then a full service in the back. And then tucked in the middle between the food hall and <laughs> yeah. the deli, we have Aiken, which is our, our fine dining uh, little baby in there. Which is, I, I've dined there. I know Gunnar. Um, it's incredible. And you also had a unfortunate accident last year with that flood. Or earlier this year. I, yeah, it was I, earlier this year, yeah. yeah. Uh, we had a really bad flooding from a construction two stories up, and that set us out of the game for two, for, yeah, for a couple of months. Um, I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate, and uh, and sometimes you feel that we've been hit by some bad luck. Um, but, um, yeah, you can't really do anything else and Mixed. pull the ceiling down and then put it all up again and you reopen a couple months later and uh, you do it again. So. It makes you stronger, right? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask you my question I had from my last guest. Um, I had on Billy Harris and he's he's a incredible MC known for his his video series called Hanging with Harris. Mm. So he wants to know why is your place called the Great Northern Food Hall? Great Northern Food Hall um Oh, good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is a play on on being in Grand Central Terminal, and uh, and of course we had to get the northern uh, the northern, northern or Nordic uh, word into the name okay. as well. Um, and I think we had a we had a different corporate name first that we also included a little bit from. So um, so yeah, but it is a play on on Grand Central Terminal and bringing the Nordic over. Okay. All of a sudden, if you uh, from that show, where I'm thinking, well, it's not in the north corner; it's in the south. But it's, um, yeah, <laughs> west part of Grand Central. But it's a big presence now in Grand Central, and you have, wow, there's so much going on. So what's so you said your role? You wear a lot of hats. I mean, beverage director. Are you doing? the beverage program at Agern at, at all of the concepts no, under a, Great Northern Food Hall. We have a really good uh, beverage director for Agern, Chad Walsh, um, who's um, doing both bar and, and wine program in there. Um, I sit with the beverage programs for um, for the food hall and the cocktail bar we have in there and grain bar. 
Um, my main thing right now is uh, our coffee roastery, Brownsville Roasters. Um, so we are looking at a new facility and expanding our wholesale program. Um, and I also get to sit with all the fun projects that are coming in. So right now we're doing pop-up dinners at um, our bakery in Williamsburg. Um, we're doing a pop-up with uh, Mads Refslund, a, a Danish chef that uh, worked at Acme before. Um, I know. Before. It's so funny. I know. You, I'm familiar and I know, but I say his name, Mads. Mads. <laughs> I mean, Mads. I, the way you said I know. I, yeah, it was beautiful pronunciation. And I read about that. So, um, yes. It's a, it's a fun little pop-up. Um, so we have that until in this, uh, mid-December. Um so yeah, I think r- right now I'm, I'm jumping between a few different projects and uh, I still get to do service two days a week, which is really nice. And uh, Where? I do service in the restaurant we have in the food hall. Um, okay. So we open there from breakfast to dinner uh, five days a week. Um, so I have my Monday and Friday mornings in there, which is really nice. And, and I get to still hang out with the team in there, so... Yeah, and Norman too. Do you rotate? Do you do stuff with them? Norman, I did the uh, I did the bar program for Norman as well, um, and then also involved with the coffee out there. Um, yeah, I, that's a cool space, I and mean, I've I've done work also in. It's I mean it's it turns really it's a workspace. Yeah, it really is, and I think Norman as a restaurant is probably, or in my opinion, one of our best looking restaurants. Um, and it really yeah it fits well into to the space of ADO there. Yeah, no, it's every, it's, I mean, you said with the challenges of Grand Central doing design, but you definitely figured it out. I mean, all your spaces are really beautiful and unique to themselves, Thank you. I would say. So. Um, I think, I mean, we, we had architects over on, obviously, um, several several architect firms on the Grand Central project. Um, Christina, Klaus's wife, is actually still very involved with interior design of, of our different restaurants. Um, so I think there's a there's a line between the different venues that um, that they're not uh, they're not too different in in layout, which is really nice. Yeah. So how would you compare working in New York to Copenhagen, to Bolivia, to Australia? I mean, is there? Uh, completely different. Oh, they're um, all completely different. Is there is there one you, you yes like better no. than other? <laughs> um, I think I think I've, I've, I'm better now at adjusting to to work in a new place. Um, I mean, Bolivia was um, was very very different to to any other place, um, but um, the basics are the same and um, and the same the same rules apply to growing your team will make everything a lot easier in service and uh, you can see that on your bottom line that applies to Australia, Bolivia, Denmark and in the States. Um, so th- there's definitely there's definitely a lot of these rules that if you follow your your basis then then it works out. Um, but it is very different living and, and working in the States. Um, I love living here and um, and I think there's a different interest for hospitality here. Uh, people are I find it more similar to Sydney than I find it similar to Copenhagen. Um, I think more people in Copenhagen are doing it part-time um, while they are through uni, um, which is obviously the same as here for some people, but um, but I do meet more people here who are super, super dedicated and passionate about hospitality and um, and specifically like into to tiny, tiny areas or there's more, I think there's more hospitality people with a entrepreneurial spirit here and opening up their own small coffee bars or restaurants um mm-hmm. and that's really it's really nice to be part of that uh that like hospitality society over here and i was surprised that in both in copenhagen and sydney everyone in hospitality knows each other and i expected that that can't be the same for sydney or for, for, for new york, york yeah, because and it's, it's a way too big city but it's true it, though it, right well yeah everyone <laughs> does know each other and uh people take really good care of each other when when you visit restaurants and um and that's really what hospitality is a lot about so yeah no it's a small world and it's a big city but it is uh, yeah it seems i know even just from my show you know People, we all, it seems like everyone knows everyone. So, 
Um, well, great. We're going to take another break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to play my speedrun game, and uh, I'm going to have my Tech Table Summit segment. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. program has been brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Root 11 Potato Chips dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate. Incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Root 11 Potato Chips believes comfort food should be just that. Know where your food comes from. For more information, visit rt11.com. And we're back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Jonas Anderson. It's time for my speed round game. Are you ready? Definitely ready. <laughs> okay, I'm going to name two or more things and you just pick your preference. We'll do. Here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat out, always. <laughs> wine, beer, cocktail, or monktail? Mm, that's unfair. Um, wine. <laughs> okay. Tasting menu or a la carte? Tasting menu. Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Many of them. Many small plates. Communal table or chef's counter? Mm, chef's counter. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Very, very, very pro-all-inclusive. I saw Agern's all-inclusive, right? Agern is all-inclusive, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's a it's a very interesting discussion we're having in hospitality right now, and I think it's um, it's good that people are starting to be more aware of like macroeconomics of, of our industry as well, and um, and some things have to change for for it to be sustainable. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, big changes I think are coming or happening so hopefully okay how about biking or driving biking Copenhagen I was did you bike around where you I did I got into it at first I was so overwhelmed I could not believe how many bicycles there were is there a do you drunk biking as well well I don't drink so (laughs) but I did I did enjoy nighttime biking and I really, I got into it. It was, it was the best way to get around. It's a very easy city to bike around. Yeah, there. yeah. So, um, but yeah, a lot of bikes. Okay, how about rye bread or sourdough? Mm, I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but sourdough. <laughs> Can't get in trouble on my show. <laughs> how about uh, cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Copenhagen? Ooh. I guess we could throw Ooh. in Sydney and. We'll do oh, Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Brooklyn. You said you lived here before the show, so. Well, yeah, I'm like yeah. 10 minutes from here, so. Okay. Cool. Well, that's the game. Mm. Did I win? You win. I, 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 you win. Oh, yeah, there's even a buzzer. And the, and the prize today is you get to listen to my Tech Table Summit um, segment coming up. <laughs> awesome. Which is, which is, I know, I know, such a huge prize. But, uh, yeah, so so for industry news today, I'm going to play back a broadcast I have. I did a couple interviews at the tech table 
summit, which took place October 17th at Appella in New York City. Uh, their tagline is high tech for high touch. It's a really great conference. And so the interviews I have first is co-founder of Tech Table, Maureen Cushing. She's the vice president of IT and processes at Union Square Hospitality Group. And then we're going to go back to back and go into co-founder and CTO of Resi, Mike Montero. So uh, sit back and take a listen. Here are my interviews. I'm with Maureen Cushing. She is one of the co-founders of TechTable. Uh, so hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. So let's just go back a little bit with how this this conference came together with your co-founders. Uh, when did it start and, uh, and who are the other people all involved? So this is our third year and the founders are Camilla Marcus, Jackie Batson, Lauren Hobbs, and myself, Maureen Cushing. And... Um, this all came about because we saw the need that we saw a lot of money being invested in technology in the hospitality space. And rather than sitting back and waiting for things to be developed, we wanted to have this conference to help drive the conversation to really curate what should be developed and get operators and investors and technology people into the same room to have conversations. Yes. And this in your third year now. So how have you come up with the the lineup for this year what was 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 there an inspiration behind some of the people you invited to participate and I know three years later tech has changed yeah I think that we always listen to the feedback that we've gotten from previous years and people loved um, everything around social last year so we certainly wanted to continue that conversation I think in the industry social listening has become a big topic and really understanding um what your guests are looking for and where they want you to meet them with technology, how much they want you to know about them, how much they don't want you to know. So um, that was definitely a motivating driver for some of the conversation. So what are some, who are the, some of the speakers uh, that you brought in this year, Here the um, different topics? So Kava, um, oh, right. you know, we're super interesting. So Brett and Josh um, about leveraging tech and all the things that they're doing about um, with their guests and through technology. And you know, we all talk about data and they're doing some really interesting things. Um, still continuing that conversation about how do we truly, uh, we had Jocelyn and um, you know the HR panel, Leslie and Seth talking about um, how we truly communicate with our employees and how we hire and retain good talent. So, you know, that's definitely yeah. an industry topic right now. Um, Neil Day, you know, it's an amazing blue bottle story with, um, you know, we had, he had, we had asked him to be part of Tech Table before they um, became part of Nestle. So that's a super exciting story. Yes, they've grown their company tremendously. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing to watch. Yeah. And then I think the social, you know, just the merge of digital and that whole panel is super interesting to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm here with Mike Montero of Resi. Hi, Mike. Hi. So what's, what's your title at Resi? So I'm, I'm uh, one of the founders and the chief technology officer, so responsible for all the engineering, um, all, the, all the geeks. So how did you, I, I, I know Ben Leventhal, I've done a show with him um, a while ago, a couple, uh, probably like two years ago, but how did you meet Ben and come to create Resi and with the other yeah, so sure. So, so um, I knew Gary. Gary Vaynerchuk is our third partner. Okay. And Gary and I had intended to do stuff together, and he said, hey, uh, you should meet Ben. Ben has this incredible passion and, uh, and an idea that I think is really great. Ben and I met. You know, I've, I've been on record about this a number of times, but I love people who can tell me exactly what they want to build. It makes my job easier, but um, it, it, it gives me a sense of how I can innovate something. And he knew screen by screen what he wanted to build. And it was the original version of Resi. Um, and uh, we got together and started, and started building it. And, and the company's evolved substantially from that. But, but he has stayed true to like a very strong vision about what Resi does. And we've hired an incredible team, both product and engineering. We just, we've just proven time and time again that we're, we're really, really good at what we're doing. You are. What was your? What were you doing before Resi? What's your background? So I've been an entrepreneur in New York for 25 years. I've built uh, four startups. I've sold two. The first was Community Connect Inc. We built 
social networks for people of color, Asian Avenue, Black Planet, Mihente.com. Uh, second was Photolog. We were one of the largest, if not the, at some point, the largest photo sharing community on the planet. F-O-T-O-L-O-G. We competed with Flickr. Uh, both of those companies were acquired. Last startup was CrowdTwist. We were awarded the patent for omni-channel loyalty and run some of the largest loyalty programs in the States. So big clients and, um, and, uh, and then met, met up with Gary and, and started Resi maybe almost four years ago now. Yeah, well, you guys have taken off. I was talking to you before about how you're now in all these cities. I'm booking you all the time when I'm traveling. Um, so, so what are the changes or what's uh, that's happened recently? I know there's also a collaboration with Airbnb. Yeah, so we, we did the, the Airbnb uh, partnership. They they invested in the company is a really substantial integration both for both of us. So, if you go to the Airbnb app now, there's a top level nav item restaurants. It's, a, it's an incredible integration. It was very difficult. It's a testament to the strength of our team and the strength of theirs. But you can now book Resi restaurants directly through Airbnb. The, the benefit to us is this enormous traveler network that they have. The benefit to them is giving more end-to-end uh, experiences to the user as they travel. So there'll be lots of enhancements around. They know where you're going to be staying for a week next month. They're going to be able to tell you all the great places to go eat and help you very easily book um, so it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's going to yeah. be fantastic, and, and and really the results early on have been um, have been really really good. So I think everyone's happy there. Um, and then we're working on you know we're working on Resi Pay and POS integration. We want to make we want to really let you pay for your bill on your own and save your own time. And, uh, an extraordinary piece of software unto itself that we've you know sort of reinvigorated. It, it was a little. A little maybe ahead of its time, a year and a half, almost two years ago, when we when we first started beta uh, the beta tests on it, um, we're working on a couple. We're working on a new inventory management system. So, you know, there, we, we we have enough data now to have computers make really really good choices for a restaurant, helping a human make choices. Um, there's just a ton. There's there's so much good engineering, and you know, we're we're busy. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I have this own thing. Every time I, I, I make a resi reservation, in my head, I think Ben sees my reservation <laughs> and like knows where I'm eating. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe yeah. he does. That's the thing. I'm like, is he getting a text? That, no, I. Yeah. I mean, we're doing. In the past, we used to look because we were super excited, like, <laughs> right, oh my God. Right. But, it, you know, it's six, 600 uh-huh. to 750,000 a week. It might have even been higher than that. But, you know, yeah. we're, doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of covers now. Well, cool. Congratulations. It's very exciting. And um, yeah, I'm a fan. Thanks. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Take a sip from your chalice, just stay in Like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. Even though I am across the ocean, looking out at a sunflower view. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer, and now it's time for my solo dining experience. So, this week it's at Geist. Here's the rundown the location. <laughs> I wrote down the address. I'm going to butcher this address. Kogan's. Do you know? Do you know the address? Kogan's. <laughs> uh, it's Kings King Square. <laughs> yeah, help me out here. It's in Copenhagen. <laughs> um, the concept: new Nordic imaginative cooking with global influences, driven by fresh and local ingredients in con- a contemporary yet relaxed atmosphere with an open kitchen. The chef Bo Beck, or is it Beck? Spot on. I got that right, mm. Beck. Okay, I'm glad I have you here. 
Why'd I go? Because it came highly recommended by industry friends. So my experience, I arrived via bicycle from my reservation for one. I was seated at the extra large chef's counter that surrounds the open kitchen. My server helped me guide me through the menu and I sat back and enjoyed my last meal in Copenhagen. So what did I get? I had the spinach lightly stewed with walnuts and samphire. I had turbo with fennel ravioli on gruyere and salted wasabi creme toffee, toffee. And there was surprise cotton candy and I had a latte. So my take, spinach was really nice and it was good to have some greens. The ravioli, which is, I've seen, I know is a signature dish. It was very unique, very tasty. I liked it a lot. And the wasabi toffee, that was incredible. I've never had so good. <laughs> I've never had a dessert quite like it. You like crack into it and the flavors, it's it's really weird, but it works. Um, so I was glad I got it. Because then they, they came by with this giant cotton candy and I was like, why did I get dessert? But it was I was glad I got dessert. So um, the ambiance, it's very low lit, it's very dark uh, and spacious and contemporary. And the open kitchen's in the middle of the restaurant and has lots of, lot, it's perfect for solo dining. There's a lot of seats. And I was wondering how the chefs could see because it's super dark. It's very, very dark in there. And it's very loud music on Friday and Saturday. Yeah. So I asked my server like about the lighting and he, to- he told me, because I can't see it from your seat, that the floor is actually white. Do you? Well, inside or, the kitchen. In the kitchen. Is, yeah. In the kitchen. That and you that can't, helps, because yeah. everything else is very dark. Mm. And it really looked like, you know, usually you see kitchens with bright lights for the chefs to be able to see the food. I was like, how it's are they? How are they there. doing this? But it was they were doing it, and it was it was a great you know it's a great spot to sit just to watch. So uh, I'd say it's perfect for inventive and tasty Danish Danish solo eats. Interesting tidbit: Chef Bobek is known in his home country as the fearsome TV host of Denmark's answer to kitchen nightmares. <laughs> Very have you accurate. seen the show? Yeah. I'm sure you've seen the show. I have not. And now I have to see that next time I go. Personal fun fact. So after my meal, I biked back to the hotel I was staying in that night, which was this floating hotel. I don't know if you know CPH Living. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's awesome. It's really nice though. <laughs> so I just had one night there because I had been in Stockholm and I had come, come back. But... um it was really cool biking in the cities of Copenhagen at night when this when it was quiet and it was uh, I don't know like about fifty degrees Fahrenheit. I'm sure just been there. Yeah, yeah, it was really awesome. I had a really nice time and it was a great meal. And the cost I, I was looking back uh, trying to go through my receipts. It was about seventy five dollars. That's converted into U S. And would I go back? Yes, I would. And their website is restaurantgeist.dk. That's my review, my rundown of solo dining. So, and it's so cool you work there. <laughs> it's a good spot. There's yeah. many, there's so many good places in Copenhagen. I'm going back there in February again. So, where where are you excited to go back to? Or, um, I want to go back to Pony. Um, I have to go to Geist every time I'm there because it is, I mean, a home yeah. restaurant. Um, I want to go back to Studio, um, which is one of our restaurants back there. Um, but uh, I only have like a two-day trip uh, planned. My uh, my sister is uh, is having a little baby, so oh. uh, yeah, she's actually in labor right now. I think I'm going to be an uncle by the end of the show. Oh, so. oh it's exciting! <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> so I'm going uh, going back to see them, um, and uh, it's going to be a packed few days. So I don't know how much time there's for eating and drinking this time. Okay, well. Well, you got you got you got two or three places that you'll hit in those two days. You're you're good. Okay, so it's time for the final question. My next guest is Miley Carpenter. She is the editor in chief of Food Network magazine. She's also the wife of Wiley Dufresne. I don't know if you knew that. Do you know that guy? Yeah. It's Miley and Wiley, as everyone in the industry says. Uh, so she's my next guest. Uh, Jonas, what would you like to ask her? Um, how do you inspire or make your your family excited about eating different things? I imagine it's probably not an issue with your husband, but how do you, in general, get kids to be excited about food? That's that's a good question. We'll see. Okay, I'll stay tuned. We'll find out. So um, that's the show. 
Thank you so much for Thanks coming for on. Uh, no, yeah, my pleasure. It's Super really cool nice. Super well. Yeah, we could just keep going and talk more about Copenhagen. <laughs> we exchange restaurant ideas. Awesome, and congratulations on on everything you guys have done and everything with Klaus Meyer. I think it's very impressive. I think New York City is is lucky to have you guys here. We're so. very happy to be here. Yeah. So, thank you. Thank you. So my guest today has been Jonas Anderson. He is the beverage director of Myers USA, a hospitality group founded by Danish culinary entrepreneur Klaus Meyer. You can check out their website, greatnorthernfood.com, on social media at jonas.m.a, at Myers Mad, at Great Northern Food, at Klaus Meyer DK, and at for me, you can find me at Sherry Bayer at Bayer PR at All Industry, and my Facebook page is all in the industry. My websites are bayerpublicrelations.com and sherrybayer.com. As always, you can find all of our shows archived on heritageradionetwork.org and on iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks again to Jonas and to publicist Helen Baldus for helping set this up. And thanks to my tech table interviewees, Maureen Cushing and Rezzy's Mike Montero. And always, thanks to my engineer today is David Tadashore. So thanks, David, for making this happen in all the interviews. I'm Sherry Bayer. I'll be back next Wednesday at 4 o'clock with another live show. Hope you'll tune in then, and thank you for being part of All in the Industry. for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. On the top of the hill you see heaven.